Well, you know, when you go into a studio, I went in with one of my first bands and they spent six hours getting a drum sound. And then as soon as it came to me doing the vocal, I was in there for, you know, 10 minutes. And I think I did a couple of takes and the guy goes, oh yeah, that'll do. And I thought, oh, well, but it won't do. Hello, welcome to Music is Life, a signature podcast of Perry Veritas Studios in collaboration with Green Zebra Music and recorded at Hamlin House Studio in Los Angeles, California. Music is Life is hosted by me, Joel Henry Stein. I'm a singer-songwriter, composer, producer, and musician living and working in LA. I'm also the owner and CEO of Green Zebra Music, a music production house and the umbrella company for Green Zebra Records and Inca Publishing. In this podcast, I have conversations with working musicians throughout the world. My guests work in many genres, but they have one thing in common. They are musicians who have traveled the bumpy road of music making, and they continue to travel that road. I talk with musicians who open up about their experiences and help me, and you, to understand life as a working musician and how that translates into being a person as well. My guest today is Pete Ewing, an Australian singer-songwriter living in Los Angeles. But before we start our conversation, I'd like to share with you some things that are on my mind. Hey, so here we are, my first podcast episode ever. And uh, I can already tell that there are some technical issues going on because in my headphones, I'm hearing uh, a bunch of echo. don't know what that's about. I'm going to keep talking anyway. This is just one of the many challenges that uh, musicians face. One of them is dealing with all the technology that we now have at our disposal, which is really, honestly, more of a blessing than a curse. I mean, we have to deal with the technology and plug things in and rewire stuff. But the truth is, I mean, really, like... Would you rather be rewiring some things or spending thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars going into a studio and recording like half a tune and then running out of money? So uh, I'm grateful for my home studio, and uh, I know many of you have home studios out there too. I think we're probably spending more time in our home studio now that we're stuck at home and can't really go anywhere. Uh, It's a really interesting time. I've been riding the wave and the waves, I should say, of uh, various emotions. Those being a little bit of fear and uncertainty, that's a big one. Um, But also just uh, gratitude, a lot of gratitude. I've got my kids at home, you know, that's uh, a blessing and obviously a big challenge. Right now we just, their mom and I uh, are trying a new schedule out. She's going to homeschool the kids in the mornings, or at least supervise them while they're online with their, uh, their teachers at school for a couple of hours. That gives me a chunk of time to get some, some work done. And, uh, then I've got them in the afternoons and, uh, that's the biggest challenge, you know, and I know many of you are also dealing with that. Those of you who are parents, Oh, I hear my child now. Here they come. I'm going to have to pause this and uh, continue in a second. All right, I'm back. Yeah, I was just acknowledging how all of us are having to adjust right now. I don't know any musicians. I don't know any people, honestly, who are not adjusting right now. 
I know a lot of us are used to working from home, but it's still challenging. Obviously, we don't, you know, we can't have clients come to our studios. We can't go to venues to play shows. So we're all having to get creative. I do think that we're at an advantage, uh, not in the sense of like taking advantage of other people, but uh, in the sense that I think we can thrive in this time because we are creative and I think we're more adept than most at adjusting and zigzagging and just coming up with solutions for how, how to survive, but also how to provide and, uh, and give. And uh, I think this is a really interesting time for artists and musicians uh, for us to really share our gifts. There are a lot of people I've already witnessed and encountered a lot of people online who are so grateful for music right now. And uh, this is our time. This is our time to deliver what we can give. So, uh, yeah, I want to encourage all of you out there who are making music to share it because music is healing and uh, people need us right now. People don't know how to feel. A lot of people don't know how to feel their feelings. And that's what musicians do best. <laughs> we feel all the emotions and, uh, and you know, we experience them. And I think the vast majority of people run away from their feelings. And now they're stuck at home and they have no choice but to be reflective and and feel all those uncomfortable feelings so the more we can help them through that i think uh, the easier time they're going to have and and us too because uh you know it's a two-way street and we we all need each other everyone who's not a musician needs music and we have no one to play for and make music for if people can't appreciate it so it's an interesting time yeah, I'm also thinking about how all of us are in some sort of isolation right now. And uh, I do think that as a collective species, it was time for that. We need to kind of reset. We need to pull back. We need to contract and isolate a bit and be reflective and uh, just kind of assess like what's going on within ourselves and what needs to change. And I think uh, ultimately the planet will benefit immensely by all of us as individuals taking the time to do that. Paradoxically, I think we're also desperate for connection right now, and I think that's also essential for us as a species, uh, for us to rise to the next level. We, we have to connect and uh, really become tight communities. And that's one of the reasons I wanted to start this podcast. This podcast has been really on my mind for a long time, I'd say uh, at least a year or two. So having nothing to do with COVID-19, um, it's just an interesting time for, for me to break out the show, uh, roll out the show. Um, but some of the things that I've wanted to talk about with other artists is, uh, you know, how musicians approach their craft. Um, I think we can all learn from each other by having conversations about how we each work. Everybody works differently, but we can all, all pick up tips from each other. 
and make us better and stronger as creators. Um, you know, I'm also interested in talking to musicians about the challenges, the challenges is, <laughs> I'm inventing a language here. The challenges is, 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 um, I'm interested in talking to musicians about the challenges they face as musicians and also just as humans. Uh, again, because I think we can all learn from each other. Uh, we all face challenges and we all face adversity. And how do we overcome those challenges? We can learn some ways from each other. Um, as musicians, there are all kinds of challenges that arise. And I hope that you guys will listen and continue listening to these episodes and encounter, uh, you know, my, my hope is that by listening to our fellow musicians talk about the challenges they face, we will not feel so alone because we often do isolate, not just during this pandemic, but we isolate, you know, partly because we have to, we have to spend hours in the practice room. We have to spend hours mixing our record or editing and editing and editing. So we're used to spending a lot of time alone and that, that alone is challenging. Um, I forgot where I was going with that, but my point is we can learn from each other and, uh, these conversations I hope will be revelatory. Is that the word? Uh, revealing for sure. And insightful. That's my hope. And, uh, just as humans, again, I think we're all working towards becoming better humans. At least I hope you guys are. <laughs> I, uh, that's my hope for all of humanity. It's certainly my hope for myself to become a more loving, more kind, more compassionate, more uh, calm, more serene human, uh, more giving, more generous. Those are all the things I'm hoping for myself. And, um, you know, life throws challenges at me left and right. And I know life throws challenges at all of you left and right. And how do we deal with that stuff? Let's talk to each other and figure that out. Learn from each other as a community of artists and musicians. And so, uh, I'm really hoping this podcast becomes a forum for that. Obviously we're going through a challenge right now, living with the coronavirus. And, uh, you know, for at least several weeks, we'll probably be talking about that. I want to talk about the need for community, not just as musicians, but in the world. I think we've all become very disconnected in many ways. You know, we're, we're connected virtually, and now we have to be connected virtually for the next several weeks. But it's interesting, globally, like, you know, our, our countries, the countries of the world are much more connected than ever, ever in the past um, yet at the same time, um, we're not cooperating. <laughs> Imagine if we were all cooperating. Um, so, you know, I'm really interested in talking about community and what that means and how we can contribute as artists to building community. And I'm interested in talking about the rise of artists in this time, because I do think we're, we're going to be the leaders We've got the politicians, they're always going to be there, but the truth is we can really, we, we have audiences, we have audiences who listen. So what are we saying with our music? 
and why are we putting that music out there? You know, is it purely ego-driven? Look at me, look at me, look at me. I'm such a great performer. I'm such a great guitarist. I write awesome lyrics. Uh, I can dance on stage. Are we coming from that place, or are we coming from service and healing? Those are the conversations I want to have. How are people going about sharing their craft, sharing their art? I'm also interested in how people are balancing their lives, how they are just living, uh, you know, healthy lives. How, how do we balance work with self-care, with relationships? Um, what are we doing to stay inspired as musicians? What are, you know, what feeds us, um, what feeds us, you know, literally and what feeds us spiritually and what feeds us artistically. Those are all things I'm interested in hearing about from guests that come on the show. My guest today is Pete Ewing. Pete is an Australian singer-songwriter currently based in L.A. He's released four albums and numerous EPs in a musical career that has seen him perform all around Australia, Europe, Japan, and the States. Not limited to solo performances, he's an accomplished composer, having recorded and produced music for TV shows such as Sesame Street, and the well-known to UK and Australian viewers, Neighbours, to name a few. Pete's artistic talents extend to videography, where he's been involved in filming and producing video clips for a wide range of artists, including himself. Pete's talents brought him to the US to work with producer Mike Viola, who's worked with Ryan Adams and Mandy Moore, to complete his 2018 album, What You Wanted. Pete carries generations of music in his blood and is a musician's musician. He just dropped a new album, I Thought I Saw You at a 7-Eleven, and it's well worth a listen. I met Pete a couple of years ago in the back parking lot of Stories, a music venue and bookstore in Echo Park, Los Angeles. Pete had just played a short set on a bill with several other singer-songwriters, and I was struck by the soulfulness of his songs and his beautiful performance. So I went up to him afterwards and introduced myself. Our conversation for this podcast happened just as L.A. was going on lockdown during the coronavirus pandemic. We talked about Pete's childhood in Australia, his musical influences, his first record deal, and how he balances his various artistic inclinations. Now... My time with Pete Ewing. Hey, Joel. How are you? I'm good, thanks. How are you, Pete? How are you holding up, man? Um, I'm all right. I'm okay. Like it's uh, it's pretty interesting here. Like um, everything's closed, so they're kind of you know they're asking us still to stay inside and all that kind of stuff. That's just weird, you know. Like it looks like a ghost town outside. Yeah. Well, how's it, how's it, how's it where you are? I, I was noticing that this morning too. I, I drove my my daughter to her mom's house, which is five minutes away. And just in those five minutes, you know, I drove past the school and I was on the road, obviously. And like, you know, it's just weird. There's barely anybody out there, you know, a couple of people. No walking. one out. Yeah, no one out, no one out on the road. It was eerie passing the school. That was the weirdest part. It's like, you know, it's a Friday morning. They're usually yeah. like kids running around in the field or what have you. It's like, oh my God, it's really weird. Oh, totally. Totally. Yeah. That's, yeah. yeah. It's only, strange. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, what uh, are you? What are you doing with yourself in the house? Um. Well, I. Uh, I kind of. <laughs> this is the funny part. I think uh, for a large portion of my day, like nothing has changed for me. Mm-hmm. Like I do everything from home, so I'm kind of like I probably uh, I shouldn't say this too loudly, but my uh, my my girlfriend is around a lot more. 
So that means <laughs> <laughs> that's challenging. Yeah, that that means uh, it's it's funny when you have to go. You have to account for your time. You've almost got a boss again. Who's right. going? You know, so what are you? Uh, what is it? What What are you doing when you do that? Like, what is that for? And they go, ah, oh, I, I I can't explain. I, but now and then she goes, well, you know what? What are you doing now? Oh, right now I'm just playing for fun. Like this, you know. It's like, I think she's learning to distinguish between uh, what is work and what is play. So, you know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> are you able to do that as a musician? Because, uh, um, you know, work and play are sometimes the same thing for us. Yeah, no, I like, so since I've been over here, I've, you know, I've had a bit of work doing like, I've done jingles and stuff. Like I did, I've done some bank ads and things like that. Just music where, uh, you know, like a mate, who's a director got on to me and said, look, can you, can you do the music for this thing and that thing? And, and that is definitely work. Sure. Because you know, that's just it's almost painful, but I mean, <laughs> God, what a, a paid job. Right. but you know, like I, I, um, you know, I almost went and started an account with that bank that I did the music for. Cause I was just, I think I brainwashed myself like with this ad, but Aside from that, yeah, look, I get, I'll just be honest. Yeah, yeah, I probably like half the, half the time I'm probably start leaning towards, oh, that's a good idea. Like maybe I'll just work on that for a while, you know, and you can get lost there. So I always make sure I've got an anchor point in the week that says that I have to have this thing done. Yeah. And if I, and I usually find that you, it's like you bring a tide with you. So if you have that anchor point, you, there's two or three other things that you will get done because, you, you know, I just kind of guilt myself a little bit. <laughs> but, yeah. but, but, but it sounds like what you're finding is or what you've discovered over the years is that having a clear deadline is a way to actually make things yeah, happen. Definitely. Because I think like, you know, there's a, I, I think you kind of get sold on this idea when you're a kid that like being a musician is about, you know, there's this myth of this kind of troubadour and like, you know, you walk out and suddenly somewhere you'll be, it'll be 1963 and you'll have a guitar on your back and everything will kind of, you'll be poor and you'll probably own a cat or something, but you know, like everything will kind of work out. (laughs) There's got to be a cat involved. Oh, definitely. And, and, and I, I still meet those musicians, you know, I still meet them. It's the um, romantic ideal. Yeah, and and it's, it's romanticized it's like, like this this glamorous musician life. Totally, mm-hmm. totally, and it's it's not you know I mean like if if I like if I where what is it as opposed to that now is that you know someone else's dog doesn't like me and that lives near me and it barks a lot but like it's not I've loved everything that's happened to me because of music and it has been strange and it has taken me in all these different directions but it also has been hard work and it has been laborious and it mm. has been methodical in a lot of ways, you know, and no one, you know, some kids will get out there and they'll put a Stetson on and, and some cool boots. And I would always play shows and go, I'm never the best dressed musician at the gig, you know, <laughs> like if the genre is this, I'm not the, like, I'm not, I just don't make the genre, you know, and um, and I always laughed because I just thought, bloody hell! If you're going to be this bloody troubadour, the truth is that you 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 won't always have the best hat or the best shoes or gear or whatever you know. And 
you probably have your girlfriend saying like, why don't you come home more? <laughs> you know, there's all those kind of things. So, totally. but like, yeah. Have, but, uh, you, yeah. have, have you ever felt um, at any point inadequate? Like you don't meet the standards of what it, what it is to be a, a, you know, yeah. a successful musician or a true, you know, or just in, it's just in terms of like how you dress, even like you're just not yeah. cool enough to like actually be the ideal. Yeah. Mo like most, most days I reckon, like I, I would say that my, I've never played with a musician that I thought I was better than, mm -hmm. you know, like I've been in a room where you're at a party and someone passes, you get, a guitar and you know you can have a sing and there might be people in the room that aren't necessarily music types or whatever and you can bluff them and that's great but but i, I would say i feel inadequate most of the time because i always feel like there's someone who else who is honed their craft more than me mm -hmm. and it's, it's actually in like especially the last say five to six years it has made me investigate things that i wouldn't have previous to that you know, where you just go, oh, well, what am I supposed to do? I'm supposed to go out and play a song and then get drunk and be an idiot, you know, or you, this kind of you have this idea of some sort of rock star or something. Right. But, but, but really. So how, how have you overcome that? How have you, I mean, or, I mean, I, I take it you haven't fully overcome that and that makes total sense to me. But how, yeah. like you, but you've still managed to have, you know, a career and you still get out there and you get in front of people and you make records and you're doing it. You're doing you know, you've got well, this I've, music career. How so? How are you getting past this insecurity? To do um, that? I'm number nine in a family of ten kids, so um, like you, everyone in my family is musical, and it, it you it doesn't matter if you're the best of everyone, you still only get a couple of songs. Then you have to pass the guitar on. You have to pass it on. Someone's someone else's turn. Like, and so you, my auntie came up to us at a all of the, the 10 children, we were all singing as a choir for um, a family wedding. And my auntie came up to us before the wedding started. And, you know, they're all mum's sisters are all great singers. And then they, she came up and she said, if you're a harmony singer, sing the harmony. Don't ruin, don't ruin the, you know, don't ruin the melody. Mm -hmm. Sing the harmony and, and sing for the song. And, and so it's those kind of things where you never get... Uh, you get told you did well, but you never get your head, like your head never expands too far. So, and when you're the young, like number nine, when I'm second youngest in the, this family, everyone's come before you. So you are, you're always inadequate. Like mm. I had, I had a crush on my uh, grade three teacher mm -hmm. when I was in primary school and my eldest brother was 21 and he started dating her and they wound up getting married. And they, oh, wow. Wow. Yeah. Were you I devastated? Talk. Oh, I couldn't talk to him for a year. Wow. I couldn't. <laughs> I was like, because I was, I was nine, it just crushed me because I thought I'll never beat this guy. I will never, I will never be able to challenge this guy because it, we, uh, we live in different time zones, you right. know, and, and stuff. So you, the, the inadequacy is kind of a, it, it's in, in a healthy way too, though, you know, you kind of, you can laugh that kind of thing off, obviously, because, you know. That's a, a world away, but but I think it's 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 a good thing, you know. I I, I do like it. It's a, I don't know how much of it I see in LA, or I think it's probably guarded better. I I think in LA, one thing I've noticed, which I appreciate, which Australians don't have as much of, is 
if you say you're good here, if I tell you that I'm good, I find most of the time that you hearing that comment will go, cool, all right, show me. Mm-hmm. Like, I want to see that. Mm-hmm. Whereas, whereas in Australia, it's we're more kind of like, you know, if you say you're good, it's like, oh, yeah, right. Right. You know, there's a bit more of a kind of you think you're better than me. Uh-huh. Whereas I, I really, it's the one thing I really love about this place is people are ready to celebrate a, a, like someone on the up. Like I feel like it more so than in my country. But I, I you know, Australia's still amazing. But sure, yeah, we've we've got a bit of that. that I wonder, kind of thing. I wonder what that's about. What I mean, I'd be curious to find, you know what what's the social history there that has allowed Americans to support each other in that way where maybe it sounds a little more competitive in Australia, at least according to your experience. I think, I think, I think you guys got rid of the queen and the king and the queen. Hmm. And, and that took a lot of bluffing. Like I reckon that took a lot of people just to kind of fake it a bit, you know, and say we are better than we actually are, but we're going to say it because it's the only way we'll win. Uh-huh. Whereas I reckon we, we're too scared to say something rude about the queen because we people say stuff like this. Oh, she'll be dead soon. She'll oh, she'll be gone soon. Like <clears throat> they don't. Uh, we don't want a republic because we don't want to offend people. Whereas this country wanted a republic because it was like screw you guys. Right. You know, it's and I think that that's that burnt that's burnt into into the the psyche. And we like there's twenty. 22, 23 million people. No, it's no no bigger than California population. Was. Right. But it's where like it's 80% the landmass of America. What part of Australia uh, are you from? Um, I'm from uh, down uh, south in, in the state of Victoria, which is um, in the city of Melbourne. Yeah. And yeah, and I grew up on a sheep farm like uh, about five, four hours west of Melbourne. So, okay. So, yeah. Yeah. And it was, um, wow. that, what was, yeah. Daily, what was daily life like over there as a kid? Um, on the farm, that's a there's a book called The Tyranny of Distance, and that's a and it explains Australia very well. It's there's a lot of dreaming, like you have a. It, I'm not scared of silence, and um, I'm not scared of silence in my own mind either. And mm-hmm. you know, which I which is definitely from large expanses of land, looking over a back paddock fence and wishing you you were in the city. You wish that you were where the action was, but you're not. You're in this like just quiet area, and there's no one for miles. You know, it, it's it kind of. I think it's in Australian music. I think that it, like I hear it, I can hear Australian songs um, because I think they deal with the space in between the notes really in a like an amazing way. I think that's what, what we. I think that's what Australians export really well. You know, that's fascinating. What are yeah. who are some of your favorite Australian artists and bands? Um, I, I grew up loving, um, like you, you and I, so that was a, um, band that's a band, the lead, um, singer is this guy, Tim Rogers. Uh-huh. And, and also like, I grew up on Crowded House, so like Neil Finn has They're always amazing. been like, Neil yeah, incredible. Yeah. Yeah. Just like the, and you know, even when you, you kind of grow up as a kid, you know, all the songs. And then you go through that period where you're a teenager and you're kind of like, oh, okay, it's really not as cool now. But really, those songs stand up. Like as in he's the, one of the best songwriters, if not the best one in the world. Yeah. You know, I, c- I could hear the influence in some of your, your music for sure. Uh, yeah, cheers. Yeah, I, I, I take that as a big compliment. So, you know, 
It's yeah. It's, I mean, and not not in a way like I, it didn't sound like crowded house. Like it was it was clearly you know you were unique, obviously, but I could tell that you would listen to them a bunch. Yeah, yeah. I I, I um I remember as a kid I saw a picture of Neil Finn with his brother on one of their albums, but it was of them and they were out in their sheep paddock in New Zealand. You know, and I kind of really, I was like, oh, so there's a cool guy playing music mm-hmm. who, who grew up like that looks like our back paddock, you know. Mm-hmm. And, and, and how, so old, many, how old were you when you saw that? Oh, God, I was like six. Yeah. Yeah. Something like that. So early you on. Know. Oh, yeah, yeah. Because my, my eldest brother was a big Split Ends fan. Mm-hmm. So he was probably my, he was probably that age when Split Ends were kicking around like in the late right. 70s there. Just for the listeners, I want I want to just let people know that Split Ends is sort of the the group that led that you know it was Neil Finn's first group before they became Crowded House, right? Yeah, yeah, with his yeah, brother, yeah. right? Yeah, with his brother Tim Finn, yeah. and and I identified with that kind of like singing with brothers and kind of fighting at the same time. You know, it's like oh, God, oh, piss off, <laughs> you know, and and that that kind of thing. So I I really identified with them and. Then I suppose, like, you know, there's, there's all of this. Um, like one of one of my one of my good friends is probably actually one of my, one of my, uh, I suppose, great influences. And like, and that's this um, guy um, Ben Salter, who's in, an Australian musician, and just a great songwriter. And I'd probably identify those kind of bands and people as what what they do that I really really love is that. They use, uh, they use, they describe things in. They're able to use the mundane, and and make it meaningful. And I, you know, I was that I went down to a thing a couple of weeks ago. I was at, at something, and I watched. I watched a couple of um, people get up and and sing. And I was really intently listening to the lyrics because I I just wanted to, you know, really hone in on that. And I I, I thought, oh, these guys need maybe a, maybe to really go back and explore their writing a bit more. I think it's lost with some people that that you know they you don't have to throw in just the whatever line. Like you can really explore explore the writing. I think it's hard work, but I think it gets easier. And it's like you know jumping on a bike. Mm-hmm. And the the writing in, in um, music is is sometimes too easily looked over. You know, when you go into a studio, I went in with one of my first bands and they spent six hours getting a drum sound. And then as soon as it came to me doing the vocal, I was in there for, you know, 10 minutes. And I think I did a couple of takes and the guy goes, oh, yeah, that'll do. And I thought, no, but it won't do. You know, <laughs> I, I, I was still clearing my chest. I was still this and that. And, and you're kind of like, really? Like, and is the kick drum, is the kick drum good? I hope the kick drum's good because I don't know what, you know, I'm singing. But yeah, that's the the world. I, so I probably speak from a bit of a bias there. But I've been recording a lot of um, hip hop guys at the moment because that's a, some some of the recording work that I get through my my mm-hmm. partner. Are you are you producing those as well? Um, well, yeah, um, it was mostly engineering, and then you know you can't help but like you kind of start going, oh, yeah, yeah. you know, you start making as soon as they go, as soon as they leave the room, you start going, oh yeah. <laughs> But, um, Where are you doing that work? Um, I'm doing that just in a, just in a studio, just um, like just around the corner here. Okay. Like, mate has this um, his 
as this studio. So I've used that. And you're right, you hit the nail on the head, exactly what you said, because I, I it was started engineering. It's not my type of music. So that made things interesting at the start. But I thought, okay, we'll, we'll go with this. And then I wound up with one guy we wound up having a lot of good conversations and I just said to him, you know, and this is just my personal opinion, is I, I just said, look, like I didn't grow up in LA. Um, I, I grew up on a sheep farm, you know, but if, if, you told, if you told me to, if I had to ask you to describe the music that you'd hear from a guy that grew up on a sheep farm in Australia, what would you play me? And his answer, response was, he wouldn't know. He wouldn't know. Mm-hmm. And I said, all right, well, if, if you ask me, what, what would you expect me to hear from you growing up, having grown up here, I'd say, yeah, the same stuff. Like as in, as in, he he played he played me one song and it was very much like you know, growing up here is uh, you know I have to deal with guns, I have to deal with gangs, I have to deal with this and I have to deal with that. And I was like, let's I've heard all that before, like I've I've heard it all before. Mm-hmm. And I said, so do you mind if I do a remix of your song and I can add my response? to your song because I kind of felt like I was like, ah, oh, I've what you just, this thing is glorified, but it's never dealt with. Hmm. It's continuously glorified and mythologized. And I'm supposed to sit there and go, well, I, I wouldn't know. And you know, blah, 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 blah. But you keep hearing, I keep hearing it. And I said to him, I'm kind of like, I'm sick of hearing it. Like personally, that's so me. What did he say when you asked him that? Um, we had a, we had a long, very brutal discussion and when i say brutal i mean it was brutally honest and it was one of the better uh, conversations i've had musically because it wasn't comfortable and and it it wasn't it was based around so much more than music but music is the glue for so many things right and i, and I, I just said like i want to add a response to it so i did it i kind of a, this musical part, um, mel- melodic part in between just saying, you know, there was five in the bed and the little one said, I've heard that one. I've heard that one before. Tell me a different bedtime story now. Like let's change the narrative mm-hmm. you know, because it was, it, it's, it's exclusive yet, you know, it's very, yeah, it was, it's an, an interesting, like, well, you know, I could talk about that all day, but yeah, that was kind of, that's been pretty interesting. So how especially. did that conversation then translate to the rest of your your work relationship like in terms of getting the music made and you know what was the final product and how did that compare to what might have come out of it had you not had that conversation yeah I, that's i i think like firstly I, I think if we didn't have the conversation the product the, the what was produced in the end would never have happened i would have just been some guy that presses record and makes sure that your speaking voices yeah working as a vo- rap vocal yeah. but um it informed my like uh direction for what i'm doing next uh, for sure and it definitely changed the way that i was probably looking to collaborate with people because i i think that like especially with the guy that i'm talking about he has this innate uh turn of phrase mm-hmm. but it, it's it's a it's a turn of phrase that <clears throat> can <clears throat> bend the rhythm of the song with it Mm-hmm. And I and I thought, you know, happily say to him, I, I I want to exploit that in a in a in a different genre. And so for me personally, it um it shaped like the way that 
I was probably approaching this next project, which is is more of a mixtape where I'm still singing on stuff and I'm still singing a bunch of songs, but it's like a it's almost like a musical where these different performers will come on mm. and I'm trying a narrative through through the invitation of um, X, Y, or Z, one person to come on and they they kind of portray this this narrative, which is it's just one that anyone would. It's just day to day stuff, you know. Uh, but and these are songs you're writing or stuff you're. Yeah, you're, these are songs you're creating. These are songs I'm writing. Yeah, and and I, so I, in in saying all that, I said to him through these conversations, I said, like, if you allow me to, I would like to chop up some of the your pieces, and if you're fine with the way that I'm portraying it then um, would you be happy to perform it eventually with me as part of this thing? And, and that was, that's, he said, yes. So, so that's like something we've been working towards, which cool. is really cool. Yeah. It, it's really cool. And it, it's it, being here. I, I think I reckon it, in this city that the streets are a little bit further away from the houses than in other places. Hmm. And it's very easy to be lonely in LA, but it's very, very easy to, have friends it's, it's like people uh, i want to say this in the right way because i don't want to say it like it um there's a desperation sometimes in people here that is like beautiful of the human spirit because mm-hmm. people desperate to connect mm-hmm. and like i you if you open if you open to that there's some really great relationships that that come out of it and if you just play it like um like I, if i was in melbourne I can rely on the fact that there's a tram line out the front of my house that six of my friends get on. And if I just go out and jump on that tram line, I'll be at a bar somewhere and then we'll be doing this. There's a main vein, there's, there's connecting, like it's really like that. Whereas here, I had to realise, I kind of thought it's like a massive country town and then you get 10,000 of those country towns and you squash them all together <laughs> because everything's just over the meadow. Right. It's all you know, it's right. just over. That's, that's, that's a great analogy. I like that. Yeah, yeah. So that's you know, that's how that's how really I think enjoying the place like that and the people like that has made me want to stay. You know, how long have you been here? Um, I've been here on on off since part way through. What was it? May uh, May, May two thousand and seventeen. I was in Japan before that. Two, so, I'm sorry, two thousand when. Oh, 2017. So on and off. Okay. Yeah, and I like you know got a got a got a five year visa because originally okay. I I got um originally I got this is back in 2015 I got a record deal but I stuffed it up because I wound up um I wound up saying something in contradiction to my um, visa when I was coming through customs and uh, they said go home they just turned me wow. around. Yeah, I was supposed to be. I was playing at um, Americana Festival in Nashville, mm-hmm. recording at Ardent Studios in Memphis, and I got asked if I smoked pot, and I said yes. But on my where, where uh, were visa, you asked? You were asked at, at customs. At, at customs, yeah. And um, is that and is that even a standard question? They should be it's asking. Like, uh, I, I honestly, I think I just. I, I just looked hungover, so they give you like, <laughs> and I probably was, but, but I, I, I wasn't even thinking. I, you know, I so I the box. I wouldn't. I didn't know what box I ticked. So I'm an affable Australian. Like if you say, I, it was almost like an offer. I was like, well, 
I'm not a big pot smoker, but if you're smoking, yeah, all right. Right, why right, not? right, yeah. right. Oh, that's the worst bloody thing ever. And I think the guy that I was looking at, I don't know whether he'd been bullied by a redhead kid in primary school or something. I don't know whether I resembled someone he didn't oh, like. Wow. like they, gave, they ran me the riot act and sent me out the back and then further out the back. And then um, I got, um, they put me on a plane, Air New Zealand flight back to Australia. Oh, my God. So you yeah. just you didn't even really make it into the states that time. I, you were like I didn't at even, the airport I, and turned right back around. Yeah, yeah, and I. It's uh, a crazy I, story, I, Pete. I had to cancel the, had to cancel the uh, the recording. Uh, had to cancel the the, the fe- I wasn't at the festival. My brother had um, flown over to Nashville to go to the festival, and he turns up and he's like, there, "There's no sign of me." He doesn't know what's going on, and it was it was crazy. Yeah, and so so. It took a long time and a lot of work to get back in. And then, you know, it's just, yeah. Wow. Nuts. And how were you able to secure a five-year visa? Well, through my producer, um, like who was producing the album um, and everything, yeah, and he felt so bad and the guys at um, Ardent Studios felt so bad that they um, they all – got together they got uh congressman steve cohen of tennessee got in touch with me wow because they wrote to him and he they he offered a he gave me a letter of support and then i collected a few other letters and my my producer was really amazing with this this isn't like this guy mike viola in um, echo park and he it was lovely because i totally stuffed up the like the the deal and all this kind of stuff and he was like come over and and Come over and record. Record it. We'll get the visa and, and come over. And I was like, you know, screw it. I, I will. And I didn't expect a five year visa. Mm-hmm. So I, I was shooting for like three at the most if I could, because I just it had been so much trouble. Yeah. You know, you keep going into the consulate in Australia, it's the American con- consulate, right. which is always it's like the John Malkovich room because they do not. <laughs> they don't. It's like, you know, it's like if you want to go to Panama, if you want to go to Panama, there's just there's a canteen down the bottom with a flag and, and they give you a pamphlet and that is, that's right. you could go. Right. But if you want to go to America, you have to guess which room it is. They will not tell you the number of the level for the building it's on. So you got to go up and down. It's, it's the seven and a half floor. Is that, is that what oh, it was? yeah, exactly. Exactly. Right. The room's kind of short and, and you don't. Yeah, it's just it's amazing. The experience is crazy, but I had to go four times, and um, yeah, on the third occasion when I, I was sitting there, just like I was like bawling because I was like, I'm never going to get there, you know. And um, this this uh, this guy was like, you know, I was like, so this is you know, these letters of referral are no good. And he goes, well, you've cried on them. Do you want me to put them in the bin? And I was like, oh my god, this is just like. <laughs> Where they get this guy? He's like he was brilliant, wow. but wow. it was horrible. Yeah, but so, it was all you know. Pete, I want to go back and just um, kind yeah. of follow your trajectory a little bit as a musician. So you came from a really musical family. Um, mm. What you know? Talk to us about how you started playing music, how you started writing music. What what did that all look like for you? How did that get going? Oh well. Um, Due to my mother, really, like uh, mum and, and her father, who had uh, the McKinnon Dance Band, and uh, they, they ran for fifty years, surprisingly, and um, but not surprisingly, um, the most the most amount of drummers you could ever have in a in a in a dance band. They just seemed to 
they kept dying. Over like the like years. a spinal tap, they would just spontaneously <laughs> explode. <laughs> it's always made me laugh that. I thought, oh, it doesn't matter what <laughs> And so, um, and then mum was always like, you know, she was always singing at, um, at everything and anything. And, um, and it played uh, like pop. Grandpa was, uh, uh, he played the piano accordion and tenor sax. And then, uh, and mum, mum was pianist and, uh, and, and like nylon string uh, plucking is amazing. So her songwriting is, uh, really informed mine. Like mm. she is probably, I know I say this by, as a, with total bias, but she's one of the best songwriters I've ever, um, met and listened to. Like, uh, just, just amazing. I found a tape of hers before I left, um, Australia, I was ruffling through this, um, old you know tub and i found a uh, a cassette tape and it was mum in 1984 1982 1982 and she just she she put a couple of kids to bed and she was you know it was 10 10 p.m because it says this on this cassette and she recorded herself playing some songs and i thought that's amazing it's four years before i'm born mm-hmm. and and this you know this young woman's just kind of put some kids to bed and she's she's writing a song and she said to me uh when we were talking she said she uh, she was most creative and fruitful in her songwriting when she was pregnant. Mm. So that I've kind of always kept that in my head about what it are you ever too busy or is that when you are at that's when it's the best. I'm you know yeah. And I felt that I've had purple patches in really strenuous times, and you're probably relying on it for some counselling in a way, you know. But uh, it really does you know, expel some, some great things, I think, you know, so that's my, yeah, that's my songwriting is definitely family based. Yeah. Mm-hmm. When, when did you, at what age did you actually start writing? I wrote my, well, my brothers and sisters would say that, yeah, I had a song about the shearers on the farm when I was about four, they reckon. But no, I, the first song I wrote was about Lauren Holmes and I was, uh, I was in year nine, so I was 15. Okay. And she'd broken, she'd broken up with me. So that was my oh, that was the Lauren, first biggest mistake of her life. Oh, uh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, but and so, yeah, it's definitely, I think that that kind of, and because t- Tangled Up in Blue was, I I think I'd listened to that song about a hundred times, mm-hmm. you know, in that little period. Yeah. Because it, it, it just, just I, to, was, I just want to let the listeners know that's a Bob Dylan song from Blood on the yeah. Tracks. 1974, and, I think. Oh, and it's it's just a it's a killer. Like I've I've never ever ever gotten sick of that. I've never gotten sick of that song. I've never gone. Oh, no, I went. If that comes on, I I think it's one of the best narratives of like of a song that I've ever yeah. ever heard. In, I actually covered know. it. I covered it on my second record. Yeah, I, right. I've, I've recorded very few covers, but that's a cover that I actually did. And it, and and if yeah, it's just it's. That's brilliant. I will. I'm gonna. I'm gonna go and listen to that. Man. That's, cool. that's cool. Yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a, like a 21 year old version of me. Oh, that. really? Yeah. That's that's, that's like garage band style. Uh, but back to you. Um, mm. So okay, so you're writing songs in high school. You're initially mm. inspired by your girlfriend breaking up with you. I think a lot, <laughs> I think a lot of a lot of songwriters can relate <laughs> to that. Yeah. Um, and then at what point? I mean, was there ever a question in your mind like hmm should i pursue music professionally or should i go should i stay here on the farm should i go become something else like did you ever have that conversation with yourself um 
well, like I, I was always headed to the city, but I, you know, I, I think I was just, I, I was never going to, I was never going to be a farmer. Like that wasn't, ever, and you know, dad always said like, you know, well, I, I wouldn't, dad has said it freely to all of us kids. He's been like, you know, you don't want to be a farmer. Like don't do it hmm. because he was like, I wanted to, I wanted to do it because it's part of me, the way that I am. And he said, but I can see new kids that it's not like, don't do it if you're thinking it's a job, mm-hmm. like a vocation, you know. And so, so like I never had a question in my mind about that. I went to the city and I got a uni, I got a uni degree, like because I wanted to be in the city, not in, not, what? What? in uh, social science. I did sociology, okay. and um, and to me, to be honest, like we, like that's just a continuation of what I am anyway, and what I do. Like it's, mm. it's like. Uh, it, it to me it just facilitated that and and that was just a way to meet girls like to, you know <laughs> like, like I think I, I think I went to the actual university I went to because it was close to where I worked the year before I had a gap year between school and uni and I realized that I could get to get from work to university within like five minutes of walk so I knew that I could keep this part-time job and it would be no hassle so it, that led to me leaning towards this university and yeah, and from there, you know, like university hours are definitely handy if you want to just experiment with your songwriting, you sure. know, late nights or whatever. So yeah, that that's 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 where I I can't if that wasn't it wasn't a decision so much as a as a graduation, you know, to towards this. As an know. artist, you've had an interesting uh, at least from uh, what I was reading about you, like because you and I actually haven't hung out. And we haven't re- we haven't talked much before. We talked in that parking lot one evening. Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> so, so I had, I had to read about you before uh, us talking today. And um, but what I discovered was that you've yeah. done a lot of artistic work outside of music too. Like you've done videography, and you've actually conducted interviews. I think on radio. Is that right? Yeah, I uh, I had this, um, and I, it still runs, which is it's it's kind of weird, but it's great. But I had a um, segment on radio in 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 uh, Melbourne on like uh, tri- on Triple R, which is like it's like a KCRW kind of setup. And on a Sunday, I would have a segment like "What are you doing, Ewing?" And like, <laughs> I like uh, that. it was hosted hosted <laughs> by this, this guy John uh, JVG, who's like so all the guys in there uh, they're all in their fifties, you know, and they're very discerning old Australian men that don't like they if if they think you're full of shit they will tell you straight away and um i had to go in originally and this is years ago i mean eight or nine years ago i had to go into because i was part of a show that was on and they they wanted to promote it and funnily enough over the course of four weeks i was in this on three sundays you know on three of these shows and then and i kind of at the end of it i said oh you know like do you mind can i come in next week and he's like oh if you know if you want to answer phones or whatever just don't get in my way and so I, I went in and after about a year and a half of going in on Sundays, I liked going in because it was old guys and like they, they were just straightforward. They like, you know, and I was kind of sick of the, like uh, the poses that I was like seeing around the Melbourne scene at that time for me and stuff. And it was great to have these guys where you just like, they were kind of, they directed a lot of those opportunities that were outside of music, but because mm-hmm. of music. And so and the things that you're kind of referencing to, uh, 
are things that have happened because of that radio show or music, mm. you know, and stuff. Like videography is something I, I love. I love that. I like I, putting a picture to mu- your music is is uh, it's so much fun. It's so interesting, you know. And it's um, like I'm just there's a passion project of mine that I'm working on, um, and I've finally defined something about it, which is taking just the one one minute of each of these I would film every day and I filmed every day for about four years. And so the things that you start capturing are these mundane like experiences before and after the deluge because you're never filming during the action. Oh, I personally am not. I'm not a big mobile phone person to get it out. Mm-hmm. But I, I noticed I was filming a lot of conversations and, uh, and so I'd, I filmed these conversations and then you've got this you just the, before and after the deluge it's a, like it's an amazing thing to kind of just see what people's reactions are like or what people's predictions are like of any given situation. And so I'm putting together this whole piece, I suppose. Hmm. And the fact that it's one minute slices of these different moments has forced me to edit hard. And I can't, I can't choose, even though you said something great 10 minutes ago, I'm not allowed to have that in this. If, if, if you said something better now, or blah, 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 I'm not allowed to have that. So my editing process is strict and totally against, totally different to what I'm like as a person. You know, well, I'm all over the shop and I'll be like, yeah, let's go and let's let's investigate that again or mm-hmm. put that on again. But this is very much, this is almost militant. Yeah, you're putting and, really, really uh, yeah, strong and limits. So, and, 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 and so I've limited myself to about like less than 50 minutes. So... There's, that's only 50 days of this this whole thing so it's uh it it's really it's most interest to me personally it's the most interesting thing that i've done wow. you know that that i'm doing but uh, but i mean i i say that and i i could be saying that in 50 years and someone would be going oh you're just a senile old man you know <laughs> so i accept that it's, it could it could just be me but that that's definitely an artistic expression and um it's I'm just going to say this quickly because I, I don't want to bore you with it, but there's this no, program. Nothing's boring. There's a program called Pluralize, and what it does is it syncs, just syncs your audio. And so I noticed a lot. There's always music playing in the background of these uh, clips that I've shot. Mm-hmm. There's something. So, is it um, your music? Yeah, yeah. And that's because uh, I'm always playing. Yeah. And so I've, link, I've linked, I'm linking everything through the music. So the end of a song should hopefully link up with the part of the next one. Mm-hmm. But you're doing it all via uh, this syncing of, say, if I, if you come over to my place every Friday night for the rest of the year and you put music on, the chances are that you will put on the same song a myriad of times mm-hmm. over the course of that year. And the chances are that you will do the same, commit the same action in your movement because it's a song you love and you'll do this or you'll go blah, blah, blah. Or you'll lean, you'll go to my bench sink and say, if I film you doing that for a whole year, I will get this synced up response of predicted natural movement from you only because I know your habits. And I use this program to do it. So I've done that a lot with friends where we forget that the camera is running because you film each other so much that it's like tying your shoelaces. You know that you did it, but you don't. You don't know. You don't think about how you did it, and then 
and you, you sync these things together. And so, yeah, there's a few different, you know, my um, balls are up in the air with like ideas and things that all come. You're creative. You know. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> Sometimes just creating trouble, but anyway. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, you know, I, it's interesting because I can relate to, um, you know, dabbling in lots of different things simultaneously in a creative way. And I'm mm. curious how, you know, how, how are you able to focus? How are you able to excel in a multitude of areas? Um, and I, I guess it's sort of a multifold question, but how, you know, how, how do all those endeavors um, inform one another? Like how do they actually connect um, but I'm, I'm curious, I'm very, cause I think a lot of creative people out there can relate to this where we're, we're good at a few different things or several different things, you know, yeah. and you only have a certain amount of hours every day. So how do you decide <laughs> I'm going to work on songwriting today? Today, I'm going to work on this video project today. I'm going to produce another artist and that'll be an interesting project. Like what, you know, what informs your decisions? What directs you? Um, are you going from your gut? Are you thinking about money all the time? Like what, what is it? Yeah, that's like, well, that, that's actually, that's like those questions are the questions that come up. But I, I think, um, um, do you remember when you were at high school? I don't know what you were like with assignments, but um, there's a there's a feeling like when you, and I think it's a really good one to harness, but I don't, I don't know if other people access it. But um, you know when you know that you're in trouble? And you know the trouble's coming. There's nothing that can be done right now. The, the feeling that is just before that is, is it's a state. It's like a hyper reality. It it, it relishes it relishes the fact because it's it lives in disbelief. Like and it lives in it's not arrogance and it's not overconfidence. It it, it literally it's the kind of um, it's the you know the trick that you play on yourself that that it can be done that things that this can happen i mm. still have time and you're almost present enough to enjoy it that is the that is the feeling that i get when i go i have to do this thing i'm going to give myself 5 minutes on that guitar because maybe the best thing i ever do will come out of that and and I'm you know I'm not talking about you know ruining relationships or 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 doing you know totally letting the world go when you do that but just attaching yourself to that feeling every day is that that's the that's danger and it's and it evokes something that it it's something in you there's something there's something other um, that is in you that wants to do this. You know, and that's and to me, that's like a kind of that's the burning desire and the purpose. Yeah, yeah. So that's what I try and look for. And that's yeah. uh, you know. Well, it sounds to me like you're that's something you're really connected to. Like you know that that um. It's a drive. It's a it's a desire, but it, but it's something. I, if we can get mystical for a minute, I'm yeah. I'm going to say that it's that it's that life force that animates everything that, you know, that's coming through. It's like this, this needs to happen. This needs to happen right now. So I, I totally. And I think like, like just late last year, my cousin uh, was, was murdered and uh, it was a big shock. Wow. And stuff. Sorry. And I hadn't, 
Yeah, it was, it was very sad. I hadn't, I hadn't spoken to him uh, for quite some time. And the last time that I spoke to him, we had this massive argument. Like, and it wasn't, wasn't, a, good, wasn't a good ending to a relationship. Mm-hmm. And I, and I it, uh, you know, and I try to let go of things. We, you know, we, we'd, had, we'd had quite the row. And, um, and then I, his sister calls me and tells me that this, this has happened, blah, 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 blah. And I kind of, I was, uh, I was kind of like, uh, I, what, do you, what do you do then? Like when you, when you jump on a guitar, do you feel like an idiot? For, like I want to play, but I'm upset and I only want to play because I'm upset. And I don't, you know, uh, there was a, she came over and visited. And uh, this probably getting to some sort of point about this is that, um, I, I've never really written a, um, a song like uh, in this sense where I felt so uh, connected to the uh, the words that you know you couldn't pry them out of my hands, kind of thing. But in in a great and I, and, it, and it's not a it's not a it's not something that I would subscribe to for so many other things that you, you do with musically. I'd say like, don't be precious, don't be this. But with this, I, I was like, no, be precious, like be protective, be like, make it all count and don't let, this is, this is what you want to do. And in doing that, I suppose like, I'd, I'm, I'm going to sound cheesy and corny here, but like this guy was quite an environmental kind of fella, mm-hmm. you know? And I'd, I'd never probably felt so uh, connected to uh, the elements than I have ever writing this song. And I don't know mm. if that's something getting older like, and maturing or, or whatever, but, I, I, um, but suddenly like in, in the music I didn't, I was like, I thought, you know, we're, well, we all, we, we die and, you, you know, and, and you're, you're part of, you're part of all this thing, mm-hmm. like this cosmos, this is right. like you're, you. And I felt, it felt like a really, because uh, I couldn't go back to the funeral. <clears throat> so you have a disconnected feeling mm-hmm. from everyone. And I, and I was one time when I really went, uh, if I didn't have music right now, I would have, it would have been a lot worse. Like, you know, this is a special, it's a special thing. Yeah. You know, and yeah. that, so the, yeah, yeah. I mean, sorry, I probably, no, no, it's great. It's great to hear you talk about music. I, I wish we had another two or three hours today. Yeah, just yeah. Keep talking. Uh, we're gonna yeah. have to wrap this up in you know in about seven minutes or so. But um, we're gonna have to do a follow up, a follow up yeah. to this, Pete. Oh, yeah. Special guest. <laughs> we do. We do. <laughs> this is my girlfriend, Sophia. Hi. Hello, Sophia. How are you? No, 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 it's okay. That's fine. Silence are rough. I had to deliver food. Oh, oh. Deliver the food to the rest. That's great. Bye bye. You're right. Thank you. Um, Yeah. Well, you were talking about, you didn't say, you didn't use these words, but what what I hear you saying is you're really talking about the power of music. Music obviously can transport us in all directions and it also heals us and um, mm. sounds like you sort of had a, a healing experience and also a c- connecting experience even though your um this is your cousin right your cousin was yeah in, yeah in another you know in another realm but you were able to connect still to your yeah. cousin through music yeah. that's, that's amazing 
Yeah, definitely. And and I think like too that you you are um there's something uh you know, you stop uh in moments like that and I suppose the moment that what we're in at the moment is seeing a lot of people experience this too. You stop, you cut the shit, you cut the bullshit a lot. You kind of it's like, oh, this is important and it's just important. Mm-hmm. You know? And and sometimes I think too I don't know. To me, the whole world is like uh, different to the one that I grew up in, which felt like it had a a figure. It felt like it had a protective figure or protective cloak. And I feel like I feel like we're the ones that are experiencing the world as like, well, what is behind the curtain? Oh, mm. it's, it's maybe it's just us. Maybe it's us, and maybe that's okay. Maybe that's fantastic, you know. Mm-hmm. And I and I, I that's that's why I, I really believe in the internet. Like that's why I believe in it, and um, and I, I think that mu- music, music's just humans trying to be better. We're just trying to be better, like better ourselves, and 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 that's what does what does what does better look like? Um, what does it sound like? <laughs> what does it sound like? Yeah, I mean, like, what are what, we, what are we like? striving towards? I mean, to to be become better means we're, you know, we're growing, we're evolving, but. Um, but what does that look like for you? A better version. Um, what's a better version of Pete Ewing? Oh, uh, better version. Oh, that's many, many things. But I mean, I, I, the better a better version is uh, um, like I just don't think we're too far away. I don't think we're far out of a cave, but I don't think we're too far away from like uh, understanding and not understanding. Like I, I always think you know. You hear people kind of go, when something horrible happens, they go, oh, this this horrible thing has just happened to me. And you see someone beside them comforting them or trying to comfort them and they go, oh, it's like this happened. This also happened to me. And, this, yes, the shared experience is, is one way to look at it. But I always think and say to the person, I have no idea what, you, what you're going through. I have no idea how you feel because I broke up with a girl once or my, my, my grandmother died or this died or that died, but that was that person. That was then and it's not a feeling that you have now. They're totally, it's whatever, everything you're feeling is unique to you and I don't understand it and that's the, like I'm honouring your feeling mm-hmm. by telling you that like no one is you right now mm-hmm. and like to me that's important to remember with people. Because I think that, uh, to me, I'm trying to be better by doing that because I'm not thinking about me if I it can understand that I don't get you, that I don't understand you. It's, it's a form of compassion is what it sounds like to yeah. me. Yeah, 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 and, uh, yeah definitely, I, definitely. Because the reverse of that, or not the reverse, but the, the flip side is from your perspective, or I'll speak for myself, like I would say, well, I... I, I don't really get where you are because I know that you don't actually really get where I am. Yeah. So we're yeah. both experiencing this like, you know, it's, it's, and it's, we're actually very disconnected in many ways because we're all just in our own bubbles, right? We're just having our own experience. Totally. Um, totally. At the same time, we desperately want connection. Mm, mm, we do. We do. Yeah. And that's the, um, I was funny because that's gonna, yeah, what I was touching on earlier about the, 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 there's a beautiful desperate feeling sometimes around LA and that's the one that, I mean, we are desperate for connection. Like we are 
we do want we do want that and it's very easy to walk into things and go you're over there and you're in that group you're the blue, blue coats and you're this and you're that and I've, I've already formed my opinion but i really it, a smile or a handshake or or a, you know opening a door for someone is a disarming beautiful thing you know you can't be angry at the guy that does that because he's like you know and that's the, i think those i've always believed in common courtesy because i think that it's habit and habit forms so much of like you can change your genes you know totally. it's simply totally. doing so that's, that's right uh, really epigenetics yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, and I, so I really believe in, I really believe in that. And that's where process comes in. And that's why I think that like getting back to songwriting just for two mm-hmm. seconds, yeah, that's connected. That, that song, that's why that songwriting part is important to me because as much as you can say, you start out and you want to write a song because this girl dumped you and you can, you can rhyme this word and that word, you know, it's just basic and it's beautiful. And you know, you'd probably be embarrassed about it in 10 years, but it's, it's what it is. And then you start to explore your craft, but you're also relying on the fact that you've got a bit of swagger, you know, and momentum. So, and you write some okay songs, but you know, deep down, you're like, ah, there's those songs are, they're almost halfway there. And I really think that when you get into habit, like Charles Darwin would just go for a walk every morning because when he came back, his, his home was no longer his home. It was his office. And I was taken that kind of, you can change your environment by re-entering it. And so I try to do things like that because I think that you can say that, all right, well, where does the creative um, spirit spring from? And, 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 it might, and it might be still a mystery, but there is definitely a process to bringing it there, to getting it there. You don't know what it is going to be, but you can, I'll go for a walk, you know, and I'll do these certain things because I know when I come back that I'll be somewhere where I can at least harness it or bring it in you know, and work with it mm-hmm. and stuff and, and then let it go when it goes and never chase it. Like I spent too many nights chasing it yeah. and, and that, you know, I think you've got to be, you just got to let it do its thing, whatever it is. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I love that. That's great. Yeah. Man, Pete, I've, this has been awesome. I've got so many questions for you. I, I really wanted to talk about your music more and because I, you, you know, you've, you've put out three records in the past two years. That's remarkable. Mm. Um, and so really quickly, really quickly, I just want to touch on that. So you, you put out two records in 2018 mm. and, um, that to me is just amazing that they were back to back. And, uh, and then now in 2020, you've dropped another one. And what struck me is the departure sonically in this new record from, uh, what you did previously. Um, so if you could talk to us a little bit about that, I'm really curious, you know, um, I would, uh, I'd have to say if I, if I didn't, if I didn't meet my girlfriend, I wouldn't have made it. Like I would not have done that mm-hmm. at all. I have kind of, uh, I'm still experimenting with it and I think it'll come back around. But I think, you know, when you are, uh, you're sitting over one side of the fence and, um, someone, someone offers you a little look peep over the fence, yes, come through, you know, come through and have a look. Well, I, you've got to go to the milk and it's all the way down the back. It's always down the back of the shop. So you have to go down the back of the shop to get to the milk and then you come back and you figure out what you actually need. You know, you know what? <laughs> that, that is kind of what I'm, what I'm doing with that. Like, to, um, you know, I don't have an acoustic guitar at the moment, you know, and I'm, 
I know that I'll be pining for one, but I'm just going to wait until it's really hungry and it'll be such a joy to jump back on one. Um, but at the moment, it's been an electric guitar and a machine, Native Instruments Machine Studio, and seeing where it takes me and putting things together. And I've really, really enjoyed that, you know, and, um, and I've, I really feel like there's just there's so much music to come, which is great. You know, and that's what that's what's exciting. You know, so yeah, it's uh, I don't know. Maybe I'll be embarrassed by it in five years, but like, <laughs> it's, it's you, you can't think about that though. You know, no, you don't. You don't. Yeah. You, you're right. You don't. And um, and I I just I definitely maybe this is a maturity thing too. But I I um I respect my craft enough to to let it let it take over. You know, let it take over. It's not it's not how I like my coffee, and that's that's. It's just my craft. Yeah. Know? That's beautiful. No, it goes back to, uh, you know, back to the mystical. I think we, you know, it sounds like you really, um, allow, you allow what comes through to come through when it needs to come through. And what it, and what it does too, we're not, we, we're not on the trajectory that people were on 10 years ago, or 15 or 20 or 30 years ago, where like, like I said, I think the world has had a lot more, that definitive kind of ideas about what you were when you were doing something and, and what that meant and what was the linear passage for that. And, and now I think like there's so many opportunities to go, what is important, like is a moment like, and you can have it with three people, you know, and the, you don't have to be in a stadium, you know, sell out concert to, to have this, have a beautiful effect. Yeah. Because this is this these things are recorded and they are in the ether for people to pluck out and people can pluck them out whenever mm-hmm. whenever they want. That's really and, true. And I, John Lennon can't say that as much, and Paul McCartney won't get to say it as much. And and all of these people who, you know, lived in a different time. Yeah, we see snippets of curated stuff and maybe things that leak out, but you we are we are able to as we are connect with someone but i find it amazing when i see on the list and so someone's listening to my music in in iran mm-hmm. who the hell is that right. you know that's brilliant that's brilliant I, it's amazing. I think it's awesome yeah yeah that's awesome hey as we uh leave um can you give a, if for the young musicians out there who are just starting out you know whether they're about to embark in a professional capacity or they're, they've, they've started in a professional way. Um, what advice do you have for them? Uh, I could say straight away, and I, I think it's the most important thing is that never inhibit someone else's creativity, ever. Like, because uh, it's it can stall people for years. Mm. Like if 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 someone if someone if you ask someone to listen to your song that's great and they should listen if it means that much to you to do that you don't have to play them 10 songs and bore them you know but if 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 someone asks you like can i play you this song and you say yes don't say a word whilst the song's on listen and i would say to every songwriter listen because it's so important and that's that to me is contagious and that is respect and you will respect the, the thing that you're doing more if you respect it in other people. So yeah. just listen. Yeah. You know? I would um I would 
broadcast that to everyone, not just musicians. I think. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I think yeah, we'd yeah. be in a very different place uh, globally if we just listened to each other. Uh, look, I, I know, and I have to take my own advice. So you know, a lot. So it's uh, I'm never, never, not, not perfect at all. <laughs> well, we're all learning, and we're all learning together. Mm. You know. Yeah. True. 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 Yeah. Um, Pete, this has been great, man. I, oh, I re- really, you. really enjoyed connecting with you again. I still have so many questions to ask you, so I, we're going to have to bring you back and just continue oh, the conversation. I'd, yeah, I'd love to. And I, because of your background, I am going to say that if if once the whole virus blows over, come I'm over, really, come over. That's, oh, that's how our yeah. that's how our conversation started. You know, a year and a half ago or whatever it was. Yeah, I heard, yeah. I heard you play, and I was like. You need to come, and uh, we need to do something together. I don't know what it's going oh, to look like. Oh, I'd love to. Yeah. I'd love to. That would be awesome. awesome. That would be awesome. Thanks, cool. Joel. That hey, was con- awesome. Congrats yeah. on the new record. It sounds, oh, thank you it very sounds much. fantastic. Cheers. Uh, thank you. Thank you yeah, very I wanna, much. I want to talk to you about the process of that, so that's next time. Yeah, done. Done. No worries at all. Awesome. All right. All right take care, Pete. See you later. All right. Bye-bye. Well, that was great. That was really fun and exciting. Man, Pete is awesome really insightful and such an interesting background. You can find out more about Pete Ewing online. His website is peteewingmusic.com. His music is available on Spotify, Bandcamp, YouTube, and elsewhere. And you can follow him on Instagram at Pete underscore Ewing underscore music. I want to thank Pete for coming on Music is Life, a signature podcast of Perry Veritas Studios in collaboration with my own company, Green Zebra Music, located in Los Angeles, California. And I'd like to thank you for listening. For more information on this podcast, go to musicislifepod.com. And to find out more about my own work, please visit joelstein.com. I also invite you to follow me on Instagram and connect with me there. My Instagram handle is Joel Henry Stein. My music is also on Spotify and Amazon and Apple Music and all kinds of streaming services out there. Look for me as Joel Stein and Joel Henry Stein. I've got different music in different places. I wish you all a fabulous week full of creativity and serenity. I'm going to leave you with the song I wrote, performed, and produced called Long, Long Road to Nowhere. See you all next time on Music is Life. Oh, the turmoil and the tension It seems you got a pension For the things that I can't mention Cause they just might hurt your pride So you stumble and you tumble And to yourself you mumble While all the while you fumble As you crumble deep inside But if you're looking for to go Where there's someone that you know there Take the long, long road and nowhere And you're bound to find me there Like a snake without its rattle A horse that's lost its saddle You're up the creek without a paddle And there's no battle left to lose You said it last time you kissed him You kinda sorta missed him Have you got him out of your system? You can do it if you choose But if you're looking for to go 
Where there's someone that you know there Take the long, long road and nowhere And you're bound to find me there Well, the sleepers lie there dozing The posers stand there posing While the wolves around you closing When they're done howling at the moon So come down, darling, wake up Get dressed and put your makeup on Let's get you through this breakup song And sing another tune but if you're looking for to go Where there's someone that you know there Take the long, long road and nowhere And you're bound to find me there I said if you're looking for to go Where there's someone that you know there Take the long, long road and nowhere And you're bound to find me there Just take the long, long road and nowhere And you're bound